Life Audio. What's the nature of the Bible itself? And let's develop a framework for reading it that factors all of its beautiful literary, historical, contextual elements in, but also that it's God's living word that he's speaking to to nourish his church and draw us to Christ. How do we keep it all alive? I'm Jody Nisnik, and you're listening to So Much More. And after a quick word from our sponsors, my guest, Andrew Abernethy, and I will be back to talk about how you can savor scripture to its fullest extent. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Andrew Abernethy is a professor of Old Testament at Wheaton College, and he is the author of multiple books, including Eating in Isaiah, The Book of Isaiah and God's Kingdom, God's Messiah in the Old Testament, and Discovering Isaiah, as well as his new book, Savoring Scripture, A Six-Step Guide to Studying the Bible. Andrew, thank you so much for making space to be with us today. Yeah, really excited to be on the show with you, Jody. Well, you know, we're in the season of Lent, which is this time set aside in the Christian calendar to focus on repentance and renewal, really as a way to just prepare our hearts for Easter. And in this series, we're specifically focusing on practices that help us become more mindful of God and His best for us. So today, we're going to focus on the practice of savoring Scripture. And so, Andrew... I want to start there. And why do you think scripture is such an important part of us knowing God and knowing his best for us? Yeah, great great question, Jody. It's kind of interesting to think about the fact that God has chosen a primary way to get to know us is through a book. (laughs) But then when we start thinking about how much people love reading books um, in our world today, you see, wow, there is something really amazing uh, about God choosing this as a means of communicating his heart to um, his people over uh, thousands of years. And I think in one way we could think of why is it important to kind of savor scripture is there's a term that gets used by theologians. They'll talk about what are the means of grace that God has put into this world. Mm. One of those means of grace or those channels by which we can kind of commune with God and get to know God and experience his grace or his work in our life is is through scripture. So I I think there's a, a sense that Deep inside of every human heart, I, I think God's put this 
restlessness, this desire to know God, and we won't find our rest, as St. Augustine said, until we find our home in Him. Part of that journey of getting to know our Lord until we see Him face to face is tasting these moments of being home through communing with God as we read the scripture. And mm-hmm. and if we look at Psalm 1, it has this beautiful image of what the person is like who meditates on God's word day and night. And I, I could almost guarantee you've had someone yep. <laughs> on your yes, show <laughs> uh, featured a number of times, but that beautiful image of God's word being like a stream and those people who are meditating on it are like a tree planted by it who just draw nourishment from uh, God's word and uh, means through which we we flourish uh, in our in our lives. So so I think yeah there there's that sense that that scripture is that means through which we get to really commune and get to know the Lord in in wonderful ways and how he speaks to us. On the other hand I think Sometimes when people come to scriptures, they can find it hard to read um, at times, and they they feel maybe discouraged. I, I, I was at a um, a conference with uh, kind of students from secular university who are part of a Christian ministry, and I led a workshop on savoring scripture. And a student just came up afterwards, and and I thought her observation was brilliant. She said. You know, when I first started really trying to take my walk with God seriously, I tried reading the Bible, but I found it kind of hard. Mm-hmm. And so I've just started reading other kind of Christian living books, but I felt kind of like, man, I, God really wants me to be knowing him through the scriptures. So, um, and she just felt really encouraged to get back into it. Yeah. I love the picture that you painted. Someone is such a amazing illustration for us because it, tells us to meditate. So of course it's it's like the theme verse in some ways, but there is this strength that I feel like the psalm paints for us of what we will be like because we have let God's word be in us and we've dwelled on it. But I agree with you. I mean, I've heard from many people through my years of ministry and and in other areas as well that well, the Bible can sometimes feel disconnected from our lives and hard to understand and confusing and dry. And I just don't even know where to start. And all, you know, there's there's this laundry list of objections, which I'm sure as a college professor, you hear many of them. Yes. And I love that you are setting out to help us with an approach to read our Bible mm-hmm. a little differently. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to tell you when I was taught to uh, study the Bible, and I'm sure that you've heard this method. It was observation, interpretation, application. So you would just observe everything you could about the text. Like if it was observable, you needed to observe it. And then you'd move to this interpretation where you try to understand, okay, so what did it mean to the original audience? And then after you'd done both of those things extensively, exhaustively, and accurately, then and only then could you apply the scripture to your life. Mm-hmm. And you're advocating for a little something different. Um, not that you're throwing all of that out, because that's not that those things are bad, but you're getting there in a little different way. So walk us through your process and some of the things that are a little different about this versus maybe other ways we've been taught to read the Bible. Yeah. But- 
Great, uh, great setup, Jody. Yeah, so Sabering Scripture is a book that sets out six steps that are really like six vantage points uh, to keep in mind uh, when you're reading Scripture. But And what Jody described, I think, would be really typical of, of a standard kind of academic classroom atmosphere of here's how you might train someone, uh, especially to observe the text. <laughs> you know, think about what did it mean originally and then move to apply it today. But uh, those steps are, and I include some of those steps among my six steps, they kind of end up distancing the Bible from you and your real life. They distance you a little bit from the God to whom the scriptures are pointing and who might be speaking to you throughout the process. And they kind of assume that you, we in our own human <laughs> brains and ingenuity are capable of actually knowing God fully. And what Paul says is with, apart from the spirit, <laughs> there, there's no real knowledge of God that's going to be happening. And there are tons of people, believe me, during Jesus's time who could observe, interpret and apply, mm-hmm. but they weren't getting to know the God who these scriptures are bearing witness to. So my starting point, whereas most points in exegesis are like, examine and analyze, I'm saying, let's start with our posture. That's step one. Mm. That childlike posture that Jesus celebrates um, as the kind of humble access point before whom, for which we come before him, humbly yearning to hear from from our god so um so that's the first uh step is coming in prayer before the lord not presuming that any of our training i got a phd no guarantee <laughs> that, that i'm gonna <laughs> really hear from the lord here if that's the if the goal is just to understand the text and be able to write a paper or whatever but that's not my goal my, my goal is to want to really meet with god and hear from god and so we we start with our posture you're starting with the heart and i think that is one of the things that felt disconnected for me from the you know kind of academic mental exercise of starting with observation it was stressful, honestly, to start with observation for me because I know I was not going to get it right. And the way God has wired me, Mm. I want to get it right. (laughs) And so I like that you start with that heart posture because it just actually makes me take a deep breath and relax a little bit as I'm entering Mm. into God's word. That's so true. You don't feel all that pressure on yourself here. This is a chance to relate with the Lord uh, through his word. and. Mm -hmm. We're going to pause here for a quick word from our sponsors, and then Andrew and I will be back to continue talking about his steps for how we can savor scripture. So once the posture is in place, the second step is reading um, a passage for its flow of thought. So step two is flow. Um, I think a lot of times the way that we've been trained to read our Bibles is what I kind of talk about it's almost like a Ouija board type approach. We we kind of think, all right, let me turn my brain off and not like kind of read for the flow of thought here, but let's just hover over the text until maybe something pops out. And God can work through that and he has worked through that. Um and but on the other hand, when God inspired these authors to write the scripture, they they were writing with the flow of thought in mind in the passage. And 
And what this helps us do is move beyond just kind of isolated verses that we can maybe perhaps take out of context. But the idea is, is to really try to get a feel for the flow of what the passage is saying. And I use an analogy in the book uh, of my wife. She's a violinist and, and I'll hear her in the other room just kind of playing these notes over and over again. And I'm like, Oh, this sounds terrible, but I know she's a professional violinist. And then what she, has taught me that she's doing is she's trying to get the notes in her fingers and pretty soon as she gets the different fingering down and soon it just is flowing together into this beautiful song and and it's a bit like that with reading a passage of scripture really trying to um get a feel for for what its flow is and i, I give some steps mm-hmm. in the book about looking for subunits and repetition and genre and i i find that this is probably the most important step for providing that real base for growing in understanding um, what the passage is, is saying. And uh, for my students, I, I think they would, they love starting with posture because that connects with how they've been trying to read the Bible their whole life. <laughs> and then you come to academics and they beat that out of you. I'm like, no, keep that church <laughs> heart uh, alive. But then they also know they, they do want more guidance because it's hard. And figuring out how to find the passage's flow of thought is really, really important. Once you get a feel for the flow, then then we take a look at context in step three. And when is this taking place historically? And where is this set within uh, the book it's part of? You know, even a little simple step like, okay, I'm studying Ephesians chapter two. Let me just read the passages right before this and right after it. And again, it just gives you more of a sense of kind of what your what um, God had in, was inspiring that original author to say. Step four then steps into that bigger picture of the whole Bible. Yeah, God has given us passages that are part of books of the Bible, but he's also given us a 66-book Two Testament Bible that centers on Jesus. So this is time to step into that bigger story and think of how the passage is fitting into that larger story, in particular how your passage relates to Jesus. But one way to think about steps two, three, and four is is you're really doing a lot of that work of trying to really understand, you know, God has chosen to give us a passage of scripture that does require us to like put some effort in, you know, like as I study the Bible, I'm like, God, this is hard. Why did you get, you could have made it real easy or just downloaded into our brains, you know, real, (laughs) but there's a sort of process, right? As humans that we go through, through learning and um, study. And so the real labors of study are kind of in those two, three, and four. And the Spirit can be speaking to you throughout that. Mm -hmm. But what I've found has really, for me, taken things to uh, another level is step five, which is taking time to savor God. Mm -hmm. And this is Probably the heart of what your podcast is about is this idea of Lectio Divina. When I think about steps two, three, and four, it's like imagine making this amazing dish. Like you've worked so hard to like, you got the salmon prepared and you got the roasted vegetables, you got the sauce, you you know, and then imagine that you just leave it on the stove, (laughs) you know, it's plated up, but you just, or you leave it on the counter and you don't eat it. Step five is a chance to savor the Lord, just to, um, those steps of praying to the Lord through the scriptures, 
meditating on these scriptures, contemplating uh, the Lord in light of them. So it's a really time for you to engage with God personally. And then in the final step, uh, I frame as um, a faithful response. Uh, Jody mentioned earlier this sort of process of thinking about observe, interpret, then apply. And I've started like not wanting to use the word apply because it makes it feel so disconnected from a living God who is speaking to you through these scriptures. So this language of faithful response, what, what's God been saying to you as you've been studying, as you've been meeting with him? And what might a faithful response look like in, in your life? So, so those are the six steps. What I say in my book is, some people like they're going to make the steps their own, you know, put them in an order that works well for you, but they're vantage points to keep in mind. And, and on certain days, I don't have time to go through all the steps. <laughs> Sometimes it's steps one, two, and then I'm jumping to five. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they're not meant to be legalistic or you feel guilty if you don't do them all, but mm-hmm. uh, helpful vantage points to keep in mind, mind for kind of a well-rounded approach to studying the Bible. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things. I really appreciated about your book because obviously I'm a huge fan of scripture meditation and we use the Lectio Divina model of meditation on the podcast. And I never want us to take a scripture and misapply it to our lives. So I do try to give context, especially if a passage feels a little tricky or there's something that feels like we need to understand the bigger story. I try to give a nugget of that, but this, what I imagine the podcast is, is an addition to a hopefully a vibrant spiritual life and other ways that people are studying God's mm-hmm. word. Yeah. And so I love that you are combining the two because quite frankly, I don't think I've seen that in any of the books that I've read. It's either just about meditating or it's just about studying God's word. And you've done such a beautiful job to help us see that actually those two things fit together. And and actually, Scripture calls for us to do it, and God calls mm. for us to do it. You know, it's not, uh, we're not, we're not just dreaming something up as a good idea. It's really God's idea. So <laughs> that's right. And I think the thing that has been driving me is what's the nature of the Bible itself? Mm. And let's develop a framework for reading it that factors all of its beautiful, literary, historical, contextual elements in, but also that it's God's living word that he's speaking to, to nourish his church and draw us to Christ. You know, how do we keep it all alive? So I'm thrilled to hear that you um, have valued that that integrative uh, Mm -hmm. approach. Well, I want to, okay, so when I asked you, what would you recommend that we meditate on? You and I agreed on Psalm 121, which I have to tell you is just a deeply meaningful psalm for me. It was a something I heard as a child and actually memorized as a child before I owned a Bible. Wow. And really, just as I became a believer, hmm. uh, it was actually a hymn that we sang at camp. And wow. so it is something that all of a sudden, like years later, I'm reading in the Psalms. I'm like, wait a second. I know, I know that. This hymn. One. And so um, when we settled on that, I was happy about it because I just, I have a a deep attachment to it, but we're going to do the last four verses of it. We did the last four verses of it in the meditation. And I know you spent some time meditating on it. And I wonder if you would just kind of walk us through your process, 
using the steps and then even just where did God lead you in that passage today? How did he make it applicable to your life right now? And so as a reminder, I'll just go ahead and read the verses to us so we remember what they are. This is verses five through eight. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. So Andrew, take us a little bit through that process. Yeah. So I really also have found Psalm 121 to be such a wonderful psalm. And um, I know you've mentioned some on context, but what strikes me is at the start of the psalm, it's first person, I lift up my eyes. Then there's the shift to like say, okay, my help comes from the Lord. The Lord watches over you. So it's like someone who's experienced the Lord's care, the maker of heaven and earth is now just telling us you can be assured of that, his care and watching over you too. Mm-hmm. And I think as I, um, in preparation for the broadcast, I, Jody gave me some suggestions on ways to kind of pray through and read through and the passage. One of the things that really uh, struck me, which is something that when you're going through step two and you're looking for flow of thought is, is repetition. What really struck me the combination of the Lord watches, he will watch, the Lord will watch over and over again. It, it's it's pointing me to the fact that the Lord is the one who watches over. But then there's the you, 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 you. And when we're involved in our ministries and doing many different activities and uh you can begin to feel this pressure to like make all the right decisions or always say the right thing or to mm-hmm. this assurance says is God is watching over you, Andy. Just relax a little bit here. <laughs> the Lord is watching over and it's not a general abstract just principle or idea. It's the Lord is watching over you. Um, he's watching over you. He's keeping you from all harm. He's watching over your life. And yesterday, I won't go into any details. I had two really minor discouragements. I mean, they're the sort of thing that I won't remember two weeks from now, but nonetheless, they kind of, they were minor discouragements and meditating back over this has been really an encouragement to know discouragements may come. But the Lord is even watching over me in that. And these are not things that are for my harm. Right. <laughs> these are these are not things that God is taking a nap on and, and not watching over, but He He is watching over my coming out and come, going in from now and forever. He He is watching over and, and it, it brought me an element of rest. Yeah, I love even just I mean I feel like as you're saying those things, my soul is also being reminded of that gracious truth that God never takes his eyes off us. He, Like you said, he's not taking a nap when something discouraging or something that is bad or or really feels very bad to us 
happens in our lives, he's still guarding and protecting us. And he's, yeah. he hasn't, he hasn't taken his hands off of the world or yeah. <laughs> anything like that or our lives. And if I could just situate this a little bit in terms of historical context, I mean, these Psalms were likely compiled together during a time when there was no king on Israel's throne. Israel had been through exile. And I mean, that life wasn't easy. They weren't naive. They didn't think, oh, just we follow God. Therefore, everything in life is easy. But there's this assurance here that the Lord indeed is watching over you. He is watching over you, even when it may not feel like it. He is watching over you. Mm-hmm. And um, to rest rest in that and continue to look to him for our help. Mm, Good. Thank you for bringing in that bigger context. That's really helpful. Well, Andrew, as we close, I would love it if you would give listeners who are wanting to start studying God's word a little more consistently, some uh, words of encouragement, maybe, or just Mm -hmm. some advice. So I don't know. I don't know what, what might come, but. Yeah. What I did, uh, and I talk about this in the end of the book, I thought, okay, I'm introducing people to all these six steps that I'm quite familiar with and I can do very readily and feel very natural to me. So I said, let me see if I could find a six-step thing for me to learn. And and I found that there was a six-step breakdance move. <laughs> so I, I uh, found this guy uh, who was trying to teach people it and boy oh boy i i I would watch him do it then i'd have to rewind and pause it and get my body in the right (laughs) position and but what it made me see is just simply watching him do it like i i couldn't replicate that but when i started slowing it down being okay with making mistakes and feeling awkward um i found uh, over time i i could kind of get a feel for what's going on and so i i would just encourage listeners in the steps i talk about in savoring scripture there're steps worth trying i had a pastor who used to say things worth doing are worth doing even poorly <laughs> and even if it feels a little awkward but over time th- these are steps that have nourished the church for 2,000 years, and to kind of lean into that and say, I'm going to try to learn this dance and to be gracious with yourself, to lean in and see maybe the Lord will meet you there. Maybe you'll find a growing depth and appreciation for reading God's word and how he can speak to you through Mm -hmm. it. I love that. I feel like what you're communicating to us is freedom to not get it all right, which is going back to the very beginning, telling you how I was taught to study scripture. I didn't feel freedom mm. to not get it right. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's where I feel like the spirit has, you know, matured me and helped me see, well, you're not going to get it all right, Jody. Mm. So just yeah, spend yeah. time with me, get to know me through the word yeah. and the real me, not some yeah. imagined version of me, which is why it's important to understand the flow and the context and the bigger story so that we we really are understanding this loving, gracious God. That's such a great illustration of your breakdancing. I'm curious, <laughs> did what did your kids think of your oh, breakdancing moves? So I, I, I did it while everyone was out of the house. And then when they oh. came home, I said, 
all right, daddy's got to show you something. <laughs> and they, as happens, they thought it was pretty cool, but then they wanted to show me all their breakdance, you know, so it, I didn't get much uh, credit for, for, for long. So, um, well, that's awesome. And they're like little limber bodies could do all kinds oh of things. Oh my goodness. Sure. I, they love doing things. When, and I say, Oh, I could, Oh, that's painful to watch. And oh, so anyway, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, Andrew, it has been really, fun to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for spending the time to write this book and just encouraging us in our walk with the Lord and our desires to save our scripture. So thank you. Yeah, I really enjoyed our conversation, Jody. Thanks for having me on. Well, friends, I have some really good news. The book that Andrew has published by InterVarsity Press, they have graciously given us 30% off and free shipping for the next two weeks. So there's a link in the show notes. You can Go in there. The code is much more. So definitely take advantage of that. Honestly, I think this is a book that you should either do for yourself or maybe do it with your small group. If people are wanting to learn how to savor God's word and community, highly, highly recommend it. I also do want to take just a quick second to thank the team of Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. And if you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith centered podcasts. There's shows on prayer and Bible study, parenting and even this one on scripture meditation and thoughtful conversations. So as always, friends, I do want to thank you again for joining me on so much more because we really do believe Jesus has so much more to say to us, and we are creating space to listen. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. God invites us to cultivate thankful hearts by turning our eyes toward Him in good times and bad. To listen to more Abide Christian Meditations, just go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Christian Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.